Today, we are taking it to the holiday season. Yes, the holidays are here, everyone. We are knee-deep in the holiday spirit. The Christmas music is blasting. The decorations are out. Santa is is getting that list ready. And 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 we, we are just in the holiday spirit. And to celebrate the holiday spirit today, we are talking about the very best holiday comic books. Yes, the, the very best holiday comic books put out by Marvel, by DC, featuring Superman, featuring Aquaman, featuring Daredevil, Black Widow, The Avengers, The Fantastic Four, Spider-Man. Some of the best comics and creators ever made were made for the Christmas season. And we are taking the deepest of dives and sharing it all with you today on an all-new, very, very holiday-themed episode of Rob Observations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rob Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld, hence the Rob in Rob Observations. Even though I don't have to, I, I, I hit that note every single time as if you did not already know that the Rob Observations was because my name is Rob. I have made and produced and created and written and, and, and illustrated and manufactured. And yes, I have even printed comic books for over 37 years. I am a you know, part of the comic book firmament. Now, by longevity alone, I've just been at this a very, very long time. I have had the great good fortune of just having the most exciting career uh, I could ever have hoped for in the comic book industry. And over that time, I have seen the comic industry just grow, grow and grow. I mean, to the point where I was watching a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which I thought was really fun. Uh, you should check that out. It's on Disney Plus now. No, I am not a shill. I just, that was one of the several holiday specials, holiday themed, you know, uh, uh, streaming, televised movies. We watched a lot of them o- over over the uh, the Thanksgiving weekend that we just had. And I got to tell you, the only one that I really loved was the, the comic book superhero one. I watched a bunch of them because I love Christmas. I love holidays. I love I love singing. I love uh, you know uh, variety shows. I grew up with with Donnie and Marie. And if you're really old, you'll know if I if I mention the name Lawrence Welk. And I and I remember when the Brady Bunch uh, after their sitcom was over did variety specials. And Sunny and Cher, Sunny and Cher was on our TV sets every week. The Liefelds loved their variety shows. And here's the deal. We are in the holiday season. We are officially in the holiday season, and this is a holiday-themed episode, the first of a couple that are going to be coming your way over these next few weeks before we sign off for the rest of the year. But it is ironic to me that the only holiday special that I truly enjoyed, that I thought was well done, well-crafted, that that resonated, that even kind of made me feel a little, was this Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that James Gunn and his uh, crew and the amazing cast came together to provide for us. It was it was great. Again, in, in a sea of disappointments, it stood out. And once again, you know, put the focus on holiday, on Christmas. And look, Christmas is fun. Absolutely. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. It's quieter. I explained that in my Thanksgiving episode. It's just a more chill time to spend time with, with people. And you're not chasing uh, all these multiple events and those of you who have younger kids, hey, we, we were as parents with older kids celebrating that we didn't have to go to, um, you know, holiday and and uh, and and Christmas themed uh, 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 choirs and and uh, vocal performances. We're we're out of that stage. For those of you who it's just beginning, 
Good luck. I feel you getting in those long lines because, you know, they get in those seats at those things by the time you walk in and you're like, hey, well, they didn't tell me that that the whole, you know, first seven rows was was roped off for special, you know, contributors or, you know, uh, uh, you know, board members and, and people who had people in featured roles. I mean, it, it's it's just we've been there. We've done that. We feel you. Uh, the holiday season can be extremely busy again thanksgiving i i the next thanksgiving recital and thanksgiving choir i go to will be my first um and possibly yours as well so so it's the holidays when you're off to the races and there's cree there's there's christmas tree i i try to combine those two words right there and say cree as if i was in a marvel comic book the christmas tree lightings there are you know all manner of holiday events and and in the last 25 years, when decorating your houses went completely bonkers, yes, we here in Orange County have this entire neighborhood that the cars will be piled up like in a 20-minute line just to enter the neighborhood where you go five miles an hour and go, oh, look at that house. Oh, look at that house. Oh, look at that house. Uh, one particular house is a favorite of our families because it's where my wife finally had to give into the motion sickness and swung that door wide open. This was with friends and just left it all on the street. I mean, she guffawed. This is less than a decade uh, old. So, so, so this is still fresh. And when we drive by the neighborhood, even when it's not lit up, I am more than happy to tell my wife, Hey, Joy, remember, remember that particular house? And she's like, I, I just, I just want to forget. So guys, a lot is coming for the holiday season, and this is our beginning of our holiday-themed episodes, and I am going to share with you some of my favorite holiday-themed comic book stories. It's too big for one episode. We're going to have to split this into two separate episodes. I'm going to tell you right now, so when this ends, and you're like, hey man, you didn't cover my favorite. Well, likely I won't be covering your favorite because we don't have the same favorites, but I'm here. Uh, and I've put in about 250 episodes worth of time. So I'm here and I'm going to tell you my favorites and I'm going to share with you the holiday stuff that has uh, rocked me over my many years of consuming, uh, all of these amazing comic books. Again, comic books have grown and expanded. And so much so we, some, some of the stuff that I'm going to share with you today, when I say that I have watched, you know, over my career and then my, my my collecting life, which is at like 48 years old now, 48 years of, of consuming and being obsessed with comic books. Well, I have watched these branches grow, these giant oaks, an entire forest of comic book stuff now existed as we as we've discussed, whether it's the Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that that, that I was fortunate enough to encounter uh, this this past week or all of the stuff that has yet to come and is still coming. I mean, people mark their calendars now by superhero movies and you just got to understand i remember with the 1990s when you couldn't get a superhero movie greenlit they just kept looking for reasons why they wouldn't work the audience isn't there ah they're schlocky i'm not a fan and now of course you have this new breed of executive we we we've grown past the executives that love the material and we've grown into people who think, well, this is the material that works. It's, it's based on the data. They're, they haven't even read a comic book. They just know that comic book movies and comic book material does well. So we're back into uncharted waters as far as I'm concerned because anything goes. But that means everybody has a chance. You have a chance. I have a chance. And that 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 makes things uh, even more fun. But those branches don't come off a tree unless there's seeds planted. And I'm going back to when the seeds were being planted and the original holiday editions were coming out. I have mentioned these to you before 
And part of why they resonate is at least one of these that I'm going to share with you today was an actual Christmas gift to myself. I keep talking about how affordable the comics were when I was growing up, but they were still, you know, several allowances and several mowed lawns uh, worth of dinero to 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 afford. And these holiday specials were a buck fifty. Now, when comic books were twenty five cents, that's that's a week's worth of comic books, and I wasn't always able to roll into my budget whatever I was going to buy in regards to the Avengers or the Champions or the Defenders or the X-Men or the Justice League, my favorites at the time. I wasn't able to just kind of roll past those and divert the budget into these giant-sized superhero holiday grab bag editions. Yes, that is what they were called, and that is most likely what this episode is going to be called. But in 1974, they started appearing. And 1974 still has, to me, the best of all the covers. And what am I talking about? These treasury editions, I've spoken of them often. You, you're, you're hearing me um, reassemble them in the pile because 1975 was on top of 1974 here. So I just peeled away the 1974 edition and put it on the top. The giant superhero, Marvel, Marvel treasury special, giant superhero holiday grab bag, a deluxe edition of Marvel's Mightiest Heroes. Could not have possibly escaped your notice if you were a young lad this is for those longtime listeners a liquor store uh victory a liquor store find a liquor store discovery yes my good friends at the liquor store and i mean it was stockpiled i go into liquor stores now and i'm like ah this isn't as good as <laughs> this isn't as good as the one that i was frequenting when i was eight think about that sentence <laughs> This isn't as good as the one that I was frequenting when I was eight. Boy, this tequila and gin and uh, and and that rum isn't isn't anywhere as uh, well stocked as the liquor store that that I would uh, park my carcass in uh, when I was eight years old on Saturday afternoons. Yes, the infamous, notorious—it's still there—the cross section uh, on Broadway and Magnolia that was as important to my child rearing as the cereal and milk that my parents. Uh, served to me. That corner had a 7-Eleven, a Pizza Hut, a Stater Brothers, and the liquor store. Three of those had comics. I guess uh, you can pretty much uh, assume that it was not the Pizza Hut. Yes, but it was the Pizza Hut where I put my greasy fingers on the Marvel team-ups, the Marvel 2-in-1s, the Justice Leagues, the Avengers copies. But that infamous liquor store, which I have told you stocked the most, had the most overpacked uh, spinner rack. I mean, there'd be like 10 comics per rung and six rungs per side of four sides so i mean it was it was stocked it was like i I could just get lost i couldn't consume everything i couldn't buy everything i had to pick my favorites but these treasury editions that marvel were doing that are like i mean i guess to my eyeball I, i guess they're like 10 by 14 i think this is like a 10 by 14 much bigger much bigger so so these treasury editions these original ones that i have they come out with the Christmas decorations. They came out this weekend when the tree goes up and the, the you know, uh, nutcrackers go up and all the decorations start coming out. And I am taking down, you know, 25 boxes from the garage and the attic. These, these mighty Marvel treasures. I've got, I've got some DC ones too. I just don't like them as much as these Marvel ones. Remember, Jeff Johns, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Marvel guy. <laughs> You're a Marvel guy. He, he once um, proclaimed to me, yes, I, I, think that would be kind of obvious i am a marvel guy first foremost always because i've had so much success with marvel but man you know uh in one of these in 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 this episode i will share with you maybe why i am not a dc guy wait till the end 
of the episode when I when I share with you why I may not be a DC guy. Oh, the wrongs afforded me. Oh, the woes. Oh, the wrongs. Remember, you know, people repeat stuff that's said all the time, but they take the 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 voice out of it. They take the emotion. They take maybe the humor. And so much of this is said with a big smile on my face. So so when you want to talk about how quote unquote bitter I am, you might want to remember that I was smiling when I said it and I was chuckling and I was having a good time. So so may, maybe not the bitterness that you would ascribe to someone like me, people like myself. I, I see people talking about their films and their movies and, and, I, and then I go see the clip and I, I see, wow, they were they were joshing. They were they were having fun with it, and it was meant to be like this really angry statement because it was, wait, was it taken out of context? Yes, it was. Always. So often, things are taken out of context. Well, this Marvel superhero holiday grab bag, the 1974 edition, was staring back at me on the magazine rack because at the liquor store, they had a giant magazine rack too, which was right at the entrance. The comic book rack was in the back, but the magazine rack was on two big giant wooden you know magazine uh shelves uh that had time and life and people magazine and us magazine and sports illustrated and all of the various you know uh good housekeeping the the, the decoration magazines and it had some of the comic book and the sci-fi magazines and and this towered over everything these treasury editions hats off to um, i'm gonna have to go in to, and do the origin of the treasury edition because the size is so amazing. It's spectacle. It, it, it draws you. And this particular cover is so amazingly illustrated by John Buscema on my Hall of Fame, one of the greatest ever. Uh, he, he, he also illustrated the How to Draw Comics, the Marvel Way, the original, the, the first, the, really the finest, cannot be uh, uh, equaled in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, God-level artistic talent, Avengers, Fantastic Four, Conan the Barbarian, Thor, uh, Drew, one of the Superman, Spider-Man uh, team-up books, the second the second one. I mean, the guy is one of, if not the best comic book artist to ever put pencil to paper. Uh, huge influence on so many, including my my among my peers, Mark Silvestri, who is like an upgraded version of Buscema, if that is even possible. And yes, I said that and I mean it. So, giant superhero holiday grab bag. Drawn by this cover is drawn by John Buscema. It has Captain America at center. He is flanked by the Thing on his uh, left and the and the and the uh, the Hulk on his right, or is it the Thing on his right and the Hulk on his left? Spider Man is swinging over the Thing. Human Torch is above Captain America, and Thor is punching through uh, over, flying over the Hulk. What are they punching through? They're punching through a giant Christmas wreath. This thing is the the logo placement, the colors, the red, the yellow, the bold primary colors, Captain America in the center. It is just fantastic. Now imagine picking it up and you flip through it, but then you get to the back and the back cover is also by John Buscema and it is if the camera moved and now you are seeing everyone from behind. It is Cap from behind, Hulk from behind, Thor from behind, Human Torch, Spider-Man, everyone, the camera has moved. So it is like front, they're coming at you, back you see them going away. And on the back, it says, may you have peace on earth and goodwill towards men until we meet again. It says, Merry Xmas. Uh, the, to the Yancey Street Gang, which for those of you who read Fantastic Four growing up, the Yancey Street Gang is a gang that tormented uh, Ben Grimm and then uh, continued in his youth and then continued to torment him. Uh, a neighborhood gang of punks that would that would uh, torment uh, Ben Grimm 
from his youth all the way to continuing when he's the thing and a member of the Fantastic Four. So, so this Treasury Edition became and began this amazing, you know, annual event. It became an annual event upon which Marvel did a 1975 and a 1976. And I consumed them all. And they're big, they're colorful, they're bold. Now, here's the deal. They don't all feature holiday stories, but most of them do. Um, th- th- what I mean is not every story is holiday-themed. And it was, it was really funny because, you know, to share this with you, I'm going to get, see if I can grab some quick digital shots. Uh, my, mine have tears at the top. I have uh, the, the top of my 74 on the... Um, Top left and top right corner is scuffed. Part of the cover has been scuffed off. So I try and get nice, clean digital images to share when I go to promote this stuff off uh, across social media when I when I put the episode up. And uh, I came across a guy who was giving these just the, the meanest reviews and so angry that not all the books, not all the stories were 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 Christmas themed. And, and on the 1975 one, he's like, only one more chance to redeem, you know. The, the, this woebegone publication. I'm like, wow, dude, you're so. And it was a dude. I, he, he was he was grumpy. It was a complete Ebenezer, Scro- Ebenezer Scrooge reviewing a holiday grab bag, a Marvel holiday grab bag. These are treasures, people. They are treasures. If you can get them, get them. I don't. I have not checked. I don't know uh, how much they cost. But if at all possible, you can obtain one. Obtain one. They're great. They're so much fun. So this first one, the launch one. To my knowledge, uh, and 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 it had the best. It has the best cover. Uh, it contains that this one contains a number of Christmas themed stories. Now the first one uh, is not. It's just a great uh, battle between Spider Man and the Human Torch. Because I mean, they're 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 part of the gift. Part of the gift is in the stories you're given. Not everything has to be, you know, superhero themed. It can be, you know, I mean, not everything has to be Christmas themed. You know, here's the deal. Uh, don't know if you guys have done this, and it, I learned this lesson the hard way. 1986, me and my buddy John Khalil. John, hello. Sometimes you listen to this. He he does not listen to comics at all. But John Khalil and I decided we would get gym memberships. We had we were a year out of high school, and we figured we we had both played football together. John was quite the superior athlete in every way, shape, and form. But we wanted to um, join a gym and start going regularly and playing racquetball, lifting weights, doing whatever. So he's 19, I'm 18, because again, I graduated high school my senior year. I graduated when I was 17, just to keep that, how could I be 18 in th- at that time? He's, you know, a year old, year older than I, and, and, but we're, we're buddies. We graduated seniors together. We go to 24-hour health and fitness. We sign up, we get me- memberships. <clears throat> we're like, oh my gosh. Again, this is the dawn of like these 24-hour gyms. And so I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, we can go anytime. Well, cut to a week later, John and I decide to go and play racquetball at seven o'clock at uh, 24 hour health and fitness. And we pull up and we walk up and they're closing. The guy is actually locking the door and leaving. And we said, Hey, what's going on? He's like, we're closed. And we said, but it's, it's 24 hour health and fitness. And I will never forget this. The guy looked at us and said, did you, didn't you read your contracts? It's in the fine print. We only have to be open one day, 24 hours, to be 24-hour health and fitness. On Sundays, we close at 7. <laughs> so I was like, what? 
I got taken. So with that in mind, with that 24-hour, I mean, I will never forget. You only have to be open one day to call yourself 24-hour health and fitness. Dun, dun, dun. I, I felt like it was like a we solved a, a Columbo episode or a Matlock episode. It was like, wow, he just led. He led with the crime. So, um, you know, you only have to put one Christmas-themed story in a holiday grab bag to justify it. That, that's what I think. So you got a great, um, what, what this contains, I will actually read it to you, and it's great. They're fun, because who doesn't want to see superheroes battling? And, and one of the themes of this 1974 edition is the superheroes are battling. It kicks off with uh, Spider-Man versus Human Torch from an issue of uh, Marvel Team-Up. And it, it may or may not have been Marvel Team Up number one, okay? Then they give you a uh, Amazing Adventures number five. And then they give you Daredevil. The I think this is Daredevil seven or eight where Daredevil and uh, Submariner battle with Wally Wood. Uh, uh, just, just We've had an, a comic book feud episode. Uh, our comic book feuds are really fun because it's just, you know, getting to getting to re- relive some of the, the, the incidents that drove personalities apart or, or, or the reason why you didn't get some great comics. So I'm not sure why I'm excited to share those with you. They're very sad episodes now in, in retrospect. But uh, the deal is that uh, this, this Daredevil issue by Wally Wood, we've talked about how Wally Wood was instrumental in changing the direction of Daredevil early on, getting him out of the yellow and red suit. Now that the, the same suit that they're now so eager to get him back into just because they don't want you to in my opinion, in my humble, they just don't want you to associate their Daredevil, Marvel's Disney Plus Daredevil, with the way awesome Netflix Daredevil. Okay, I, I and, and I don't really know why, but but so then then they have um, Fantastic Four. They have Fantastic. They they, they end it with the epic uh, Fantastic Four issues, where uh, Fantastic where the Thing and and the Hulk early Kirby stuff, and so. It's really absent any Christmas stuff except for this really pretty Black Widow story. And the Black Widow story is so amazingly illustrated by Gene Colan, who, you know, did incredible stints on uh, Doctor Strange, on Daredevil, uh, on Iron Man. And his Magnus Opum is the Tomb of Dracula that he did, uh, longstanding series for Marvel Comics, a, a absolute horror, horror, um, an absolute horror comic book, like soap opera. But uh, <clears throat> this Black Widow short story that they have in here is actually inked by the guy who created uh, Submariner, Bill, Bill Everett. And uh, Bill Everett was an accomplished, amazing artist in his own right, and he had a very definitive line. It, for those of you who grew up watching Todd McFarlane ink Rob Liefeld on a few covers and you really dug how that came out. This is that kind of thing because Gene Colan is a very distinct hand and and uh but some of these faces are augmented, some of these figures, these lines. Bill Everett felt confident enough that he could assert himself over Gene Colan. And nothing is better than when it is a ten by 14 image. I mean, these are giants. So these are beautiful. But the Black Widow story is the only story in here that takes place at Christmas time. It has snow in New York. It's Christmassy. It mentions the holidays. But Gene Colon drew gorgeous women. And I'm going to tell you right now, never more so than when Bill Everett inks. And he inks this entire, uh, is it a 10, 6, 8, 
yeah, it looks like a, a 10-page story. And it is gorgeous. It is beautiful. I mean, even the last page, the last page has three panels of Black Widow on the phone. And it is such a great combination of Bill Everett and Gene Colan styles. It is, you could really, if you just separately took some of these faces out of this book, you would not immediately associate it with Gene Colan. Bill Everett, who was a soft brush inker, so he wasn't bringing a heavy masculine line because Gene Colan had more of a feminine, a soft line as a what we've called a passive pencil line as, as, as opposed to aggressive in art school they used to teach feminine and and and, and masculine lines now I've, I've spoken of this before on this show that i'm not sure because i haven't been into an art academy or an art school on campus anywhere in over 30 plus years and i don't know if those terms are still applicable i, I in my mind i would i would assume that denoting gender with lines is probably not okay anymore so now we've called them passive and, and aggressive uh but having a soft uh, passive line over a soft passive line really works here. And Bill Everett's natural kind of feathery rendering style is not something that normally uh, Gene Colan's own work invokes. So this is really nice. But again, you're really buying it for all the great superhero battles. You get the, ha- the, the Hulk battling not just the thing in the Fantasy Four, but the Avengers jump in because it's a two-part story. You get Spider-Man and Human Torch going at it. You get, you get uh, Submariner and Daredevil going at it. And, of course, you get uh, Black Widow. And that Black Widow story is taken, I think, from The Amazing Adventures number 5. So this thing is chock full. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it and, and, and think it's about 110 pages. It's fantastic. The, the very first giant, giant superhero holiday grab bag is a winner. It is, it is wonderful. I love it. I highly recommend all of these. I rem- what we're going to hear is this dropping to the floor. Okay, that, 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 I, I've dropped it aside my... My table in my chair. So, so 1975, the giant superhero holiday grab bag. This is a John Romita senior who became, he went on to become the art director, did a storied, uh, line, uh, of Spider-Man, giant Spider-Man run, giant celebrated Spider-Man run. The back cover looks like it's Gil Kane and, and possibly John Romita senior doing finishes. It, that, that could be the case for the, the cover as well, but this has a few more. So one year later, the 1975, these would always come out in November uh, so that you got them in plenty of time. Now, here's what I left out. The 1974 was my gift. Uh, twice in my life, uh, I have asked for, this is, the, this is the best part. When you as a kid know that there's only one of these giant-sized holiday grab bags at the liquor store. There's only one. There's not two. There's just one. And you keep going back for the weeks before Christmas and you keep looking it over and you hold it in your hands, but you can't afford it. So you put it back, <clears throat> but you want it. So you then put it on your Christmas list and you tell your parents exactly where to get it. And then about eight days before Christmas, you go to the liquor store and it's gone. It's not there. And you're like, uh, was that my parents or was that somebody else? Is it, at, is it, is it out of reach? So there's a little mystery here. Well, I wandered over to the guys at the counter and I said, hey, hey, when did that, do you guys remember selling that big holiday grab bag that I used to look at? I, I mean, I was very quiet. I said, did, did, did you sell a holiday grab bag? I, I, I used to look at it. And the guy smiled at me and said, yes. And he smiled at me with a like, and it will be yours soon because <laughs> it was your dad who bought it. And so a giant box was given to me. Uh, I, I, my parents gave me great gifts. Uh, and again, this is the time. Of we're right about to enter 
the action figure time. At this point, point in 74, I'm getting Lone Ranger dolls. Okay, Lone Ranger dolls. Uh, the beginning of the Planet of the Apes, the Mego dolls. Uh, we haven't transitioned to action figures yet. That's to come. But, you know, I, got, I, I always got good toys. I, I always felt like, man, I just felt like I was so happy on Christmas. My, my parents, just they just never failed to put big smiles on me and my sister's young faces. And uh, they finally brought a big, big box. And at that point, I thought, well, they didn't get it. And I uh, thought it was a sweater. thought it was a big box that contained a sweater. I opened it up. Boom! Marvel! Superhero holiday grab bag 1974 edition is Little LaFeld's, okay? Little Liefeld. I say LaFeld because in Italy, when I walked into a comic store, the guy said, if I haven't covered this already, he said, I've, he said, is you, is you, LaFeld, is you? And, and my son, Chase, was with me. This is the summer of uh, 2019. I said, it is I. I, I. I am LaFeld. And he's like, LaFeld. It was very shocking. I, I just thought I was, this was the Panini store in uh in florence and i was very shocked and my son and i always laugh about it so sometimes i i do refer to myself as lafelt um and lafelt little lafelt was very very excited very excited to have the giant size superhero holiday grab bag uh come out of a box that he thought had a sweater in it so thanks mom thanks dad just crushed it crushed it so one year later the 1975 edition would come out that 1975 edition has more christmas still maybe, maybe the mail said hey you guys gave us one black widow kind of christmas wintery story give us more so this one kicks off with a kick ass frank springer and johnny craig they provide the art on this cool really cool nick fury christmas themed hate monger shield story this was actually uh the the uh in the back they show you the cover it was nick fury agent of shield number 10 and and the cover of that is uh nick fury and hate monger uh sharon carter they're all uh their reflections are in uh the the christmas ornaments that are hanging on a it's a really tight close-up of a tree and there are four christmas ornaments and nick fury and hate monger and sharon carter and a vehicle a flying shield car are in the reflections of all of them really great storytelling really smart but this shield story is christmas themed it's really well illustrated it's fun it's got great action hate monger uh is never more applicable to where we what we live in this society than now um nick fury has always been a great val- valiant gallant um resourceful character obviously as as, as marvel's james bond they then followed up with a spider-man non-christmas themed story that they pulled from from uh and their advertising it's so interesting they want you to buy their reprint title their marvel tales title was reprinting spider-man at the time so they're showing you that this is from marvel tales number 19 but it's not a christmas themed story but it is uh a great one nonetheless it is by the classic steve ditko the the creator of all things spider-man and it pits him against the vulture and again at 10 by 14 you cannot go wrong but then we pivot pivot uh again i can never get that friends episode where they're moving the couch up the stairs and david swimmer as ross yelling pivot Jingle Bombs. Jingle Bombs is the name of this story, and it features Luke Cage, Power Man. You guys know how much I loved Luke Cage, Power Man. He is actually on the cover. I didn't describe the cover. The cover by John Romita Sr. is all the characters no longer punching through the wreath in like the classic, uh, never-to-be-repeated, just magnificent uh, cover to, to the 74 edition. 
This time they're in a home. Uh, Spider-Man is putting the star on the top of the tree. They're all decorating a tree. Nick Fury, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Doctor Strange are decorating the tree. Doctor Strange is um, using his magic to hover some uh, ornaments towards the tree. And then Hulk is dressed like Santa Claus and reading a kid's Christmas list off of his lap. And it says, Marvel's Yuletide gift to you on the back again. They're all jumping off uh, the roof of a house with a chimney and snow. And it says, A Merry Marvel Season's greetings to one and all. Again, Power Man is front and center. Power Man was the man uh, I covered in my, um, my, my basically temperamental heroes or the Bad Boys of Marvel. That's it. The Bad Boys episode. Luke Cage was one of my favorites. I could not get enough of this guy. He did not take any gruff, any crap from anyone. This is called Jingle Bomb. And it says, let's take a look at Luke Cage before he became Power Man when he was only a hero for hire, celebrating a snowy Christmas Eve. But on this day, even a man such as he can play Santa Claus. So he is hanging out with his girlfriend. He is absolutely adorned as the Power Man that we know and love with his tiara and his giant open shirt, uh, open chest, yellow shirt, the chain for a belt, his buccaneer boots. And uh, they're, they're, he and his girlfriend are leaving the hospital. They're, um, they're, uh, there's a... Uh, Old man who's smacking a kid uh, and telling the kid to mind his manners, and Luke Page, Luke, Luke Cage takes quick work of him and 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 uh, and uh, knocks him out. But uh, then he and his girlfriend are playing with snow, and then uh, a, uh, a a a terrorist attacks Luke Cage, and he wrecks that gun, grabs that gun, crunches that. I love when he would crunch the guns. He did it quite often, but he has attacked multiple times. This is the third time he has been attacked he is attacked by another uh villainous figure on their on their continued walk through the snow and uh the guy pulls his laser weapon he goes i can see you mean to resist so my laser weapon will counter such force but luke cage cannot be swayed and he jumps right into the fray and we just get this is a christmas gift of fisticuffs i am looking at six straight pages of fisticuffs jumping over Fences, battle, punching into walls, battling each other, fists into face, uh, tackling through a wall, falling through a ceiling. Oh my gosh, this is just action-packed. But at the end, uh, Luke Cage makes it to a street Santa who is looking for donations and helps protect him from the robbers. This is a fantastic... There are He is assaulted one more time. You want action? This is your story. This is a full issue of Luke Cage. In fact, this is Luke Cage Hero for Hire number seven. Number seven that they have reprinted here. The Jingle Bombs. It puts Luke Cage Power Man in in, in all of his action, uh, action-oriented best. And he is just thumping. And this is drawn by the Immaculate. Uh, George Tuska and inked by Billy Graham. Again, two complete art. Bill Everett inking Gene Colan is in the other one. Those are two. Both of those guys are pencilers. And Bill could also ink. Billy Graham is a penciler. He did all of those amazing, the original Black Panther adaptation with Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan. That is based on a bunch of books that Billy uh, that Billy Graham penciled and inked himself. Uh, that, that, that entire, uh, you know, Killmonger story is from Billy Graham. Billy Graham is here. Now, inking over George Tuska on this Power Man story that's, again, 10, 10, 10 pages by 14 pages. Well, we had a Hulk story, a classic Hulk story by Herb Trimp and, and, and uh, inked by John Severin that does not have anything to do. It's a kind of a wandering into a neighborhood, confused Hulk story. It's a, it's a short story. It's called Heavier. It's called Heaven is a Very Small Place. It's a cool, cool little Hulk short story. But we end with a Doctor Strange, again by Gene Colan, 
because uh, he was doing Dr. Strange at the time, a Christmas-themed episode where um, he and Clea are walking out on the streets of New York City among the snow and <clears throat> kind of like uh, Scrooge, Dr. Strange is visited, but in his nightmares, because it is Nightmare who, am, uh, 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 who, who is... Who is uh, uh, he says, he says to him at the end, he goes, uh, Nightmare says to Dr. Strange, I'll answer only the second of your queries, fool. Many times in the past have you escaped my vengeance by fleeing my dark realm, but no more. This time we battle the end. And uh, Dr. Strange is like, eh, I'm not going to stay here. And uh, my mystic powers will protect me from harm. And he leaves. And then the end of this says, Dr. Strange looks to all of us and says, as all true believers already know, the menace of nightmare was once more defeated and once, and as one year ended in terror, the next began in hope in the name of the eternal Vashanti. The whole blushing Marvel bullpen wishes you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May the all-seeing eye of Agamotto ever light your way. So we got a wonderful uh, Dr. Strange uh, number 180 reprint. I, I think this was called Dr. Strange before that. So that's that's how you get that high number. But this is a fantastic. The 1970, um, it's Dr. Strange versus Nightmare in Times Square right before New Year's Eve. So you got your holiday themed. You got, you got two really solid holiday themed episodes in, uh, uh, three, three Nick Fury, Power Man and Dr. Strange are your holiday themed stories in the giant size superhero holiday grab bag. And, uh, you got a Spider-Man and a Hulk tale that were not, but really well done. Uh, an improvement, an improvement. The cover, the superior cover is on uh, 1974, but 1975, which I bought with my own money. I did not have to wait for it as a gift. 1975 uh, was kicking all sorts of righteous ass. That comic just is amazing. So 1976, we're still doing it. The cover is by Gil Kane and Joe Sinnott. Uh, it has uh, the thing in a Santa sled flying high above the city. Iron Man is and 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 Thor are flying, flanking him. Spider Man is swinging um, right before him, and Hulk is is carrying the sled. Uh, the harnesses are on his shoulder, and he is so he is pulling the thing through the city. It says again, giant size superhero holiday grab bag, a mighty Marvel Yuletide greeting on the back. They the Avengers are joining them. It is a wraparound cover: Silver Surfer, Giant Man, Wasp, Cap. Hawkeye, Black Panther, and Vision are flying over the over the um, town as well. So this is a killer, another killer cover. And here's where they do something new. They did something new with the 1976. They put a framing sequence that goes in between. Somebody said, you know what we should do? For next year's, let's have it begin and end, and in the middle, we'll cut away to all the heroes having a, uh, a, snow, a snowball fight. So this book features the classic, you're going to get... Uh, you're going to get a classic Avengers tale, a classic uh, Submariner, uh, a, a classic Hulk Silver Surfer story, a classic Spider-Man and the Thing issue of Marvel Team-Up, and a Daredevil battle. But the Christmas components are supplied by the framing sequence. It opens with the Fantastic Four hurling snowballs dr drawn by George Tuska, inked by Don Perlin. Again, Don Perlin is a penciler, but this mashup of styles I love. Don Perlin is very clean and safe, doesn't bring a lot of flair and style, but again, you've got two devoted guys who made their, um, who were full illustrators switching art chores on each other. Again, Gene Colan, Bill Everett earlier, you had Billy Graham 
a pencil on inker in his own right, inking George Tuska in the Luke, Luke Cage holiday special in 1975. And then we have a framing sequence drawn by George Tuska, inked by Don Perlin, who drew like a hundred issues of, of, of the defenders, then went on and drew a bunch of books at Valiant um, when Valiant was in its first formative years. So the, the Fantastic Four uh, are armed with snowballs and it says, it's clobbering time. And it says, there's something magical about snow. It drips down to the cover to cover the ground with a fleecy white coat, bringing a sparkle to children's eyes and bringing it, bring out the child in all of us. And so then it continues for two pages as you see the, because uh, you see at the bottom that they are throwing snowballs at the Beast, Captain America, and Yellow Jacket. And then you see Yellow Jacket, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Beast, Wasp, Cap, returning snowballs. They're, they're, they're you know, a couple of snowballs are trying to um, hit Sue Storm and, and 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 her brother Johnny. Johnny is burning them in his human tor- torch form. They don't even reach him. They melt. And Sue has her force shield up and is deflecting them. Of course, the ones coming towards the Avengers way, Cap is getting in the middle of and deflecting them with his uh, with his shield. But then Beast finally gets one in the face from the thing. Then Beast throws one back at the tree that's, that, that the thing is standing under and all the snow uh, topples on the thing, burying him under snow. So it's a really cool back and forth. And then Spider-Man says to the thing, hey, do you remember that time? Boom, cut, segue, Marvel team up. The thing, uh, uh, and, and, and uh, the thing... And, and Spider-Man in a kick-ass Gil Kane illustrated story. You will dig it again. The large size paper is great. Then we segue out of that to uh, one more uh, interlude page, which has the Avengers discussing when they uh, first met the Vision, because Vision is among them. So you've got Yellow Jacket, Wasp, Spider-Man, Vision, The Thing, and... Uh, and uh, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch, Vision, Spider Man, The Thing, Yellow Jacket, and Wasp all discussing. And the Vision's like, "Hey, uh, did someone mention my name?" Boom! We cut to the first time the Avengers met them. When an android can cry, another classic John Buscema illustrated tale, a classic. You have seen this cover. It is a it is a Marvel classic with uh with the Vision like like standing. Uh, the, the the Vision's image is is over the uh, Avengers as they all kind of hurl towards you. They're charging towards you. It is Avengers number. Uh, it is Avengers. Hello. Hang, hang on one second. The eyes aren't working. I think it's 58. And at the end, you get this great shot of the vision holding back his tears. Hence, even an android can try. Even an android can cry. So then Captain America is addressing the people of the park, kind of talking about the f- festivities. And he's, thank- he's thanking everyone to coming to this uh, annual superhero snowball you know, inter exchange and uh, telling everybody they, they hope to see them back next year. And then Scarlet, which thinks she's seeing a shooting star. And then she goes, Oh my gosh, it's not a shooting star. It's the silver surfer. And he flies in and flies overhead the city and is um, reminiscing about this holiday that we celebrate. He's looking over a street Santa as it um, is, is minding its uh, salvation army uh, bin. And uh, then we segue. Uh, the Hulk looking out of a window who just happens to be looking out of the window at that exact time and seeing the Silver Surfer which then pivots us to the classic Silver Surfer versus Hulk tale uh, that was uh, that was featured in uh, Tales to Astonish number 93 and it's a great tale uh, illustrated by John Severin classic Mighty Marvel action the Hulk and I mean they, they waste no time in this story getting down it's like the second part of a giant fight issue so you want fights you got them we then segue out of that the Defenders uh, you see that the window that the Hulk was looking out 
out of at the Silver Surfer as he passed by. He was at the Defenders, at Doctor Strange's home, which which was was kind of a de facto Defenders home base. And Doctor Strange brings Hulk in to see the Christmas tree lighted, and he is greeted by Clea and Nighthawk and uh, Valkyrie, all of the Defenders. I got to tell you, the execution on this 1976 one is. It's badass. It's bomb. It's it's straight up. This is so great because it's pivoting you into the current Marvel Day universe that they were publishing in 1976, and then again transitioning you out. So uh, they, they, the defenders all cheer each other, and then we cut to uh, as the, as they're celebrating their tree. We cut to the law offices of Matt Murdock, where he is um, uh, making a Christmas toast with Foggy Nelson, and uh, and and uh, they then decide to uh, go out to the streets and take a walk, at which point we are pivoting, transitioning to a Daredevil story drawn by You Can't Escape, and there's a Gene Colan story in each and every one of these holiday episodes. And this is a great Black Widow Daredevil story. It's really fun. Uh, they they uh, take on this strongman character, and, and when it's over, we pivot out of this Daredevil Gene Colan story and to the... Uh, Again, Matt Murdock is 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 uh, walking through the streets of New York, and he's wondering about his old flame, Natasha, because Black Widow and Natasha Romanoff was just in this story that I'm telling you about with Gene Colan, and we cut to Gene, Black Widow, because he says, I wonder what she's doing tonight. Cut to, she's looking out of her apartment where the champions are gathered, Ghost Rider, Angel, uh, Iceman, and Hercules, and they're on the rooftop throwing snowballs of their own. Hercules is throwing them at Ghost Rider and then lifting up Black Widow, who he was in a semi-romantic relationship at the time Hercules was. And then Ghost Rider is throwing a snowball at the Angel, at Angel. And this is the last page of the story. Um, And uh, they said, Iceman, you've got to, you know, it's too cold. Stop making it snow. And he's like, I've turned off my powers. I'm not making it snow. And it ends with all of them looking over New York City at this beautiful snow snowfall and say, it says, may the joy of the season be with you and yours now and in the year to come. You guys, the mighty Marvel superhero holiday grab bags were a staple in my youth. You got to remember, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about uh, Southern California, Orange County, Rob Liefeld growing up his childhood. There was no snow. Snow has never touched my doorstep my door stoop it has never touched my yard my lawn any houses that i've ever lived in i live in southern california it doesn't snow so when stuff snowed when there was stories with snow or stuff that took place in the winter i always dug it look the cold the winter the ice the snow makes for a great drop uh backdrop ask hoth you know ask ask george lucas how he felt about snow you know putting the entire first act on hoth in empire strikes back you know uh there's 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 incredible battles that take take place in the snow and 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 they take place in comic books and cartoons and and again for me like hoth is the most you know prevalent but but there's all those rankin bass rudolph the red-nosed reindeer the 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 you know santa claus is coming to town frosty the snowman all that stuff all the snow the snow makes a great backdrop and in fact one of my favorite daredevil stories written and drawn by frank miller uh featuring electra all takes place has some killer action sequences in the snow because again when you get into the action stuff you know you're you're, you're you get blood splatter on snow it makes for a cool effect but just snow period white snow and you're a southern california kid so i am even more interested and you're like lifefield you don't want to live in wisconsin you don't want to live in green bay you don't want to live in, in you know wyoming in the snow look we have to go all the way up to Big Bear to even get some fake snow, okay, or Arrowhead if we're lucky, if we can go that low. Um, so, so, so Christmas 
in, in the snow and the snowfall. That's why I get that magic at the end. Like Johnny, I mean, uh, uh, Bobby Drake, are, 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 you need to, you know, turn your powers off. I did. I'm not causing this snowfall. Wow. And they look at this beautiful snowfall across New York City. I have been in New York a couple times with the snow. It's, it's fun. I also see the hassles that it creates, but it's magical when you live away from it and you imagine it. But that takes care of three years uh, of devoted giant size treasury editions. I don't uh, possibly there's a 1977 edition. I haven't seen it. I'm not going to touch on it here. What I am going to touch on is skip two years forward. And now we get to DC Comics and we get to the surprise, the absolute surprise. I have yet. I, I, I will close with one of the reasons why. Come on. Why am I a, a Marvel guy and not a DC guy? But um, DC Comics put out a one-shot in uh, December of 1999. Uh, I'm sorry, 1979. 1979, it was called Superstar Holiday Special. This is really, a really well-done special. It includes the Legion of Superheroes, Jonah Hex, Sergeant Rock, uh, the House of Mystery characters, and Batman. And the whole thing is, as you, as you can see, that you've got World War II with Sergeant Rock. You've got the Wild West with Jonah Hex. You've got the 30th century represented with the Legion. You've got the present day with House of Mystery giving a horror slant and then Batman. What unites this special, with which has just incredible talent, and we'll go deeper into some of these other stories some other time, but the whole special is different interpretations of the, of the star of Bethlehem, the star that led the wise men, you know, in, in, in the Bible, in the, in the uh, you know, in the, in the, in the birth of Christ uh, story, and, and that obviously so many celebrate. And on this occasion, so did DC Comics. So did DC Comics. They celebrated it. Uh, and it was all, what unites all five different, all five stories is how the star of Bethlehem plays into each one of these DC Comics stories. It was, it, so that, that is the uniting theme. Uh, the Legion of Superheroes actually go in search of the star. They, they chase the star. They have the sci-fi, the spaceships. They, they, they are led by Superboy. They do this. But the star plays a unique role in each one of these stories. But why am I telling you about this? Not really not for the star of Bethlehem. It is because the month of December uh, of 1979 was a installment, one of the many installments of the, you know, run that was building that became a classic that took this book all the all the way to number one over at marvel daredevil 163 has my very favorite standalone daredevil story that frank miller and roger mckenzie uh produced and it's it's hulk versus daredevil it's a great one it's a great one it is prime this entire daredevil run is prime daredevil the dark knight is is frank in his prime i think i'd give slightly the artistic edge to the daredevil run the innovative edge I would give to the Dark Knight stuff, but still, that's his artistic prime in my in my eyes, as far as superheroes go. And Daredevil, uh, you know, one seventy three, or uh, excuse me, Daredevil one sixty three. Which you're like, how does Daredevil fight the Hulk? Well, that's the beauty of the story. Daredevil has to survive an encounter with a very ang- angry Hulk, and he knows all he can do is dodge him and use his quickness and his senses, uh, his 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 enhanced sense- senses to avoid you know, a, a death blow, because if, if Hulk connects, you know, he will most certainly, you know, kill Daredevil. So Daredevil is trying to calm him down the entire episode, and it is fantastic. But why am I telling you about Daredevil? Because it's the same week, in the same week, DC's holiday, the DC Superstar Holiday Special came out, and it had a Batman story. And I can tell you right now, in 1979, December of 1979, I am 12. Okay, and uh, I could not be more thrilled that I look at this Batman story and the art looks familiar, and it should because it's by Frank Miller. 
the same Frank Miller that is tearing up the joint on Daredevil in his prime, prime Frank Miller, no less, prime Frank Miller does the 10-page Batman story. It is written by Danny O'Neill, who would go on to be his editor on Daredevil. Danny O'Neill was a uh, acclaimed Batman writer. And the uh, this, this uh, it's called Wanted, Santa Claus, Dead or Alive. Long story short, 10-page ten, ten story, story. They want this Santa Claus, the mob wants the Santa Claus to uh, break in and give them access to the mall so they can rip it off. And uh, oh my gosh, the splash page alone is so Frank Miller. And, and, and he is f- zooming by a nativity scene. At the end, I'm going to tell you right now, the nativity scene and the star of Bethlehem play 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 a role, but Batman breaks into a mob dinner, threatens the mob boss. There's a cool action sequence. Um, the 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 mob the mob muscle tries to take out Batman. It's great. It's classic because it's got paused. Frank did a great bit of paused action where he would show you like he would the camera would stay on it through like maybe a few seconds of the action where one character is still and the other character is still moving in motion. It's great. Uh, then, then you see the plight of the, of the mall store Santa and, and what he's going to have to do. Uh, then of course, you know, does he, or does he not choose to serve the mob under their threats to open up the mall and have them rip it off? And then Batman intervenes in the end. And, uh, again, this is killer prime Frank Miller. I am looking at it right now. It was reprinted in a Batman 75th, uh, anniversary hardcover that you can check out. If you can't get the actual comic book, I have both. I love both. Um, this is uh, a just just killer finding out. I mean, this is the rare week, the rare week. So this is the the uh, the answer to your question is it was it was uh, in December. OK, in December, I'm going to give it to you exactly. I'm going to give it to you exactly because I love you. I love you, children. Um, the uh, the the uh, exact date of this where these both came out on the same stinking day. Uh, where you had Frank Miller's Daredevil and Frank Miller's Batman. Now, now later on, would he be writing Daredevil drawn by David Mazzuchelli and it happened to come out at the same time? Sure. But this is, Frank is drawing both on that rare, I mean, this is so, just so ridiculously rare, but they both came out on the same day, uh, n- n- d- December of, uh, of 1979. And the... Uh, the, the the rejoicing that young comic book heads like myself did is is without compare. It was December fourth. We are almost there. December fourth, nineteen seventy nine. You got Daredevil one sixty three with with Daredevil battling Hulk, and you got a DC Comics holiday special with a ten page in his prime. It was inked by Steve Mitchell, who was very much an in demand uh, talented anchor. Uh, it 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 very much looks exactly like he's drawing Daredevil. So you go, you go. Oh my gosh, I got. The, the DC Holiday Special has a brilliant Jose Luis Garcia Lopez cover with all the characters rushing towards the star, the star of Bethlehem. Um, Batman's kind of pointing you and jo- asking you to join the fray. The Legion are flying right in. Jonah Hex is riding towards it on his horse. The House of Mystery guy is in a carriage. And Sergeant Rock has got his kind of ammunition, his gear pulled up on, on a cliff. They're all kind of heading in the direction of the star in, 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 in the sky. But again, you open it up and you get prime Frank Miller, the guy that was moving, shaking, making Daredevil the hottest book. He's doing Batman. What? At the time, in my head, I'm like, are we going to see more Batman? Because again, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have a newsletter. You didn't have Amazing Heroes Comics Journal that was accessible to someone like me in 1979. I did not go to a comic book store until later in very late 1980. So this is a full year before I'm encountering comic stores. The way I'm encountering this stuff is off the newsstand, off the spinner racks. I had moved by then Foodland and, and U-Totem and... uh 
Stop and Go, those were the places I was now getting my comic books, and they had just as good of a selection, maybe even all around three better stops total than just having the liquor store carrying the, the fire all the time, and Stater Brothers and 7-Eleven having kind of a lacking uh, distribution network back when I was living on Broadway and Magnolia. But boy, now, Ball Road, I, I, I mean, between Foodland and Utotem and Stop and Go, full complement of all the major Marvel DC publications. So I got this, got home. I got my Daredevil. I got my Batman. What? Both by the legend that was Frank Miller. This Batman story, Wanted Santa Claus, Dead or Alive, is um is worth getting, worth checking out. You should check it out. I I, I highly, highly uh, recommend it. Now, now here's the thing. One year later, as we're rack, wrapping up our, our 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 Christmas stuff, the X Men X Men One Forty Three would ship. This is following on the heels. Of 141 and 142, the epic days of future past that just rocked everybody who was reading comics at the time. Adults and kids, teenagers, you meet somebody at that time. Whether they were 7, 17, 27, 57, that X-Men story blew them away. Well, what do you do as a follow-through? Well, you do a standalone Christmas episode where Kitty is left home. And in fact, the cover, the cover to that issue to X-Men 143 says... Guess what just came down the chimney? There's Kitty Pride standing in a room with a light, uh, a flashlight, trying to, you know, clearly she's in the dark. There's a giant alien monster uh, that looks like a xenomorph because this entire episode is uh, is 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 modeled after Alien, Ridley Scott's Alien, which had just come out one year prior. And there's a Christmas tree in the background in the in the room that she has entered a room that is away from the room that has the bright Christmas tree. So you see it over her shoulder. Um and uh the uh the giant monster is is uh is looming over her. This is a Christmas themed episode. She is alone in the in Xavier's mansion uh during Christmas and uh <clears throat> The uh, she is uh, th- th- this is a callback to an earlier Dave Cockrum uh, issue where they unleashed these alien kind of creatures, which is why I think he tethered it back. But John Byrne most certainly draws it to look more like a xenomorph uh, than it had in earlier in the earlier Dave Cockrum issue. But but it is a one and one one and one battle during the holidays during the Christmas season. Kitty is home alone. This is home alone way before home alone. She is alone battling against this uh, mysterious creature that is um, terrorizing, that has returned to the X-Mansion to, to finish off the X-Men. And, I, and I'm telling you what no one told anybody, because again, going back to the fact that we didn't get Wizard Magazine, we didn't get Amazing Heroes, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have any, a, a way to know. Uh, we didn't know this was John Byrne's last issue of the X-Men. This alien species is called the Nagari, the Nagari, N apostrophe G-A-R-A-I, the Nagari. This Nagari creature survived an encounter with Storm and has been hunting the X-Men, wandered off into the snow. And literally, as I look at this, I mean, John does a great job. These characters, uh, th- th- this, this is very much a xenomorph. Anywhere, uh, because... Yes, Nightcrawler attempts to kiss Mariko, who is Logan's, uh, who Logan is dating at the time, under the mistletoe, and Logan tries to slash him with his, 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 his claws. Kitty even says she grabs the mistletoe that's been dropped in that exchange between Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Mariko, and she puts it over Peter and says, "Merry Christmas, sexy." And she goes, "You're blushing." That this is she puts it over Peter, colosses his head, and then uh, 
uh, everyone's going out on dates, but Kitty is a teenager. So they're all having their Christmas dates and she is home alone. And uh, she decides to go take a workout in the danger room. And then suddenly she is attacked by this xenomorph looking version of the Nagari. And ultimately, I won't tell you how that works out. It is an absolute great issue, but it turned out to be the last issue. John Byrne left the book. He left X-Men. We didn't know it. We didn't know it until the next issue and the issue after that. And John Byrne was nowhere to be found. So the last issue of John Byrne's illustrious, a, a, a considered one of the, if not the top run in the history of comic books. From 1978 to 1980, Christmas 1980, John Byrne gave us uh, one of the most storied runs in the history of comics. He co-wrote it with Chris Claremont. Uh, they had butted heads too often. He, he left, but it was a Christmas issue that he went out on, and it is fantastic. And I highly recommend that in this, this episode we are, where we are celebrating some of the greatest holiday Christmas-themed uh, comic book stories ever published. Now, let me tie a bow on this. Why am I, as I said, uh, I, I, I was referring to when Jeff Johns and I were discussing whether he would do a Teen Titans uh, run with me. He had kind of lured me over from Marvel saying, hey, I'll do it with him. I liked what he was doing. He was doing a lot of callbacks, uh, a lot of revisiting of some of the stuff that I really liked on Marv Wolfman and George Perez's Titans run. In fact, it was reminiscent of what I believed Jim Lee did when he came on the X-Men. And he said to Chris, we need to do sequels to all these stories. The fans like me, like Jim, speaking of like Jim, the fan, Rob, the fan, all the fans who grew up with that. We wanted to go back to the Savage Land. We wanted to go back to the Shi'ar, the Imperial Guard. We wanted Magneto back. We wanted to revisit so many of these, but Chris was determined to get as far away from all of those stories, not to retread, not to go back over the past. Well, Jim was essential in bringing him back and, 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 and giving us those returns to the Savage Land, the Imperial Guard, the Shi'ar Empire, the Hellfire Club, Magneto, epic, the, just fantastic run. Um, Jeff Jones was doing that in the Titans. He was revisiting all of the great George Perez, you know, the Deathstroke stuff, the the um, Brotherhood of Evil, uh, just 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 it was fun. So so Jeff and I went to lunch, and, and he sized me up. He goes, "You know, you either a Marvel guy or a DC guy in this business." That's how I see it. This is this is him telling me this in two thousand and five. He says, "You're a Marvel guy." Well, yes, I am a Marvel guy. Um, all my successes, all my breakthrough successes, Cable, Deadpool, Domino, Shatterstar, X Force. It set up my career for for seemingly forever came at Marvel, so I'm kind of always intertwined, but but in the year 2000, in the year 2000, okay, I did that terribly, um, look, in the year 2000, Jeff Loeb called me, he was doing a Superman book, and they were doing it to buy time for Ed McGinnis, who was the regular artist, they were going to do an issue where a bunch of artists did three pages each. Superman is visiting all of the different members of the uh, of the Justice League and giving them gifts. He comes to visit Aquaman in Atlantis, and Aquaman is furious because Lex Luthor in the storyline has become has uh has has been uh elected president at this time and superman comes to atlantis and and uh this is aquaman in his super angry face he still isn't jason momoa he is blonde haired here i had the best time drawing this i am so grateful that jeff gave me a call um i put everything i had into this if if, if there is a better uh, three issue story that i have done just me if there is a better three pages in sequence that I have done, I don't know what they are. This, 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 this played to all my strengths. I love underwater. I made all the borders bubbles. Um, Superman visiting Aquaman at the bottom of Atlantis to uh, give him a Christmas gift. After he and uh, Aquaman have a very terse exchange, and Aquaman makes him feel very un unwelcome, he surprises him with a Christmas gift. That's what he's doing. He's giving Green Lantern a Christmas gift. He's giving Wonder Woman a Christmas gift. He's giving Aquaman a Christmas gift. Well, I knocked my ass off on this, and I delivered it, and I'm so proud. And if you're wondering, Life, you didn't give the number. Well, it's um, 
It's, it's, it's Superman 165. Now, here's the deal, guys. This is the year 2000. I have had quite a decade behind me. The 90s was a big deal for me. Jeff supposedly had to pull in favors to get me on this because the brass at Marvel, Mike Carlin, Hyde, looking right at you, and everybody else weren't super fans of, of Rob Liefeld, especially when somebody is going out the door in 1989, 1988, and he said, you'll never work in this town again, which is basically what Mike Carlin had implied to me. He had implied, like, like you, you know, you're not going to get work anymore, kid, because I took the X-Men job instead of continuing on and doing more Hawk and Dove. Jeff said he had to pull some favors. Well, I got this book out the other day in preparation. And uh, the bottom line is uh, on the cover, it says Jeff Loeb, Ed McGinnis, Art Adams, Joe Matiera. Uh, Umberto Ramos uh, continues on. You know what name is missing from this cover? And my, my, my pages were in, in plenty of time, guys. They, they knew. They knew. Uh, I, I did those pages in October for a book that was coming out in December. Uh, Liefeld, not on the list, not on the cover. Again, just they, they would um, always want to assert, am I telling you that I am a box office, a comic book box office draw at that time? I am. Yes, I am. I am absolutely telling you this. Uh, did they deem that these other number, these other numbers, uh, <laughs> these other names were more important? Yes, they did. Liefeld, Rob Liefeld, name not on a Superman cover. Uh, you know, uh, again, I'd been paid by the time they put this together. So again, confirmed Liefeld is part of this, but, uh, I did not rate. They actually list, go into, um, listing the anchors, the anchors got on the cover and not me. So I'm again saying that with, um, a big smile on my face. Cause all that really matters is the pages exist. That book printed, it printed great. I got my, uh, Colors that I really liked at the time, Tanya and Richard Horry to color it for me. And it is a um I think one of the I think one of the stronger pages in the book. Let, let you can see it and uh and, and decide. But I really put everything I had into those three pages. I love them. And uh that is a the whole book is great. The idea of Superman visiting each member of the Justice League, doing it in three issue, uh three page installments with guys like Joe Madiera and and Ian Churchill and myself, Art Adams contributing, is a great it's just a great way to make something special and meet a deadline. So you guys, uh, we're going to stop there for now. Those are some of the most entertaining, uh, that, that, that Superman issue, even, even, you know, if you don't think my story is up to snuff, uh, you should check it out again. Superman 165 came out in the Christmas of 2000. We got the 1974, 1975, 1976 superhero holiday grab bags. We got X-Men one. 43 goodbye john byrne on a great christmas themed thriller and uh and then we have the epic dc holiday special with frank miller's batman in his prime in a christmas story 10 pages of frank miller if you don't think i mean literally i, I remember going is, is he leaving daredevil is because again we didn't have any way of knowing we didn't know and i certainly didn't know that frank lived in new york city how would i know that when i was you know 12 years old in in in, in you know fullerton california and, and how would I know that he had a studio in Manhattan and he was, you know, uh, going, walking into the DC offices, walking into the Marvel offices. And look, some of these holiday books are real treats. We couldn't stuff them all in one episode and we will most certainly be back again. But the size of these treasury editions were gifts in and of themselves. The fact that the first one was gifted to me in a box that I thought I had a sweater will never not, uh, you know, help make that one stand out and be special. But 
I love the treasury editions. I love the size of the stories, uh, the size of the pages, the art printed at that size. I love these conditions. These are going to go out of my studio and back on the center table in our family room so everyone can see them because when people come over, they do, they migrate to them. They see them, they see the size of them and they're like, wow, these are cool. And they sit down and they are always so um, excited to flip through them. And again, each one has some holiday tale that they get more and more. I think the last one with the framing sequence with all the Marvel heroes throughout the Marvel universe, wondering what each and every one is doing is, is brilliant. It's fantastic. You guys, these are some of my favorite holiday superhero comic book stories. And I know that if you check them out, they will be your favorites too. The holidays, man, there is, there is just something about winding down the year. As we approach, I mean, days from December here, and then you know, anticipating the start of a new year, it's just it's just like a cleanse. It's it's a much needed cleanse. It's a wind down before the startup. I dig it. So, way more holiday comic books on tap before we sign off for 2022. Coming in another installment, maybe in a couple of weeks. But today, boy, those are some choice lemons. Uh, lemons and tones, uh, lemon implies something uh, bad. Those are some choice tangerines that I have picked off the tree to share with you today. Thank you, as always, for being a part of the show. You, You guys are just so ridiculously generous and so kind. And thank you for leaving the, uh, awesome comments and the support that you do all, all across the different social media platforms like Facebook, like like Twitter, like Instagram. Normally, I would read you a review, but as of this uh, recording, my my phone and my devices are somewhere else. So so it's a uh, it's a guarantee that if I have my phone in my hand, I will read your review. But uh, as Tom Cruise says to Ed Harris, not not today, sir, not today. But thank you for the support. Thank you for sharing your love of observations. Thanks for just showing up and being here and listen to me share uh, comic books, cartoons, you know, stories, artists, creators that I'm excited about. Speaking of social media, I'm still on Twitter. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be the last man down. I'll be the last guy there. I have such so much fun on Twitter. It was supposed to be this calamitous thing now that it's changed ownership. I haven't found it to be that way at all. My Twitter is just kind of the same. Just kind of, I see stuff on music and movies and television, comics, and that's where where my focus has always been, and that's where it will remain, and that's what I, I enjoy discussing with you on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Robert Liefeld, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D, Robert Liefeld. I have a blue check. It used to really stand out for a verification to tell you that you were really talking to that person and I still really am that person that you're talking to. Find me on Twitter, hang out with me, talk. I love answering your replies and uh, all the different back and forth sharing of ideas and passions. So check me out on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. On Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld. My diary of pictures through my life, past, present, uh, is, is what I I'm sharing there all the time. Uh, I love, again, reading your comments, your your direct messages, uh, all the ways that we communicate back and forth. Thank you so much for following me on Instagram. That's where, as they say, the pictures are. That's where the pictures are. At Rob Liefeld, also a blue check, a series, um, a, a, a standard of, of verification that still exists over there, tells you it's really me. And if uh, some guy with a Rob Liefeld avatar slips into your DMs and, and asks you to donate to something, that's not me. Hasn't happened, won't happen. 
So uh, yeah, check me out at Rob Liefeld, my, my normal moniker over on Instagram. I am on an awesome app called Whatnot. Whatnot is just uh, incredible. It is the number one collecting app. It is just uh, just an amazing virtual shopping experience for collectibles, for sports, for anime, for manga, for Funkos, for toys, for comic books. I'm in the comic book toy Funko corner because we do customization of Funko Pops. I'll draw on them. Uh, on, on toys, on action figures, on those windows, uh, on, on comic books. I do all manner of custom signatures, signing special books. We have exclusives. I have a Spider-Man exclusive on whatnot. I have a De- Deadpool exclusive on whatnot. I have a Brigade 30th anniversary exclusive over on whatnot. You got to download whatnot and look for Rob Liefeld. I'm there. And and if you're not visiting me, then there are other rooms. You can buy sneakers and kicks and apparel and watches. There's Rolex. Uh, Rolex. <laughs> There's Rolex. There's some expensive stuff. Whatnot is the place to be. It's like the eBay for the for the new generation, the the, the new generation. I'm so um, glad to be on there. I generally do two shows a week. Look for them. I schedule them. You can follow me, Rob Liefeld, over there and jump in. Many of you have told me while I am doing my live stream, and my, when I do my live streams, they're generally from two hours to four hours. Sometimes they're just 60 minutes. I did one of those just recently. Uh, and and people say they're like the podcast. It's just a, uh, you're looking at me. I am live streaming to you on camera the entire time as I'm sharing whatever it is I am sharing that evening. Uh, custom comics, variants, artwork, fungal pops, toys, whatever. So uh, check me out over on whatnot. I hope you 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 find me and join me on Facebook. I have a group. It's called Rob Liefeld and Extreme Group. Rob Liefeld and Extreme Group is moderated by myself and a gentleman named Terry Sala S A L A. Terry or myself will be the ones that click you through when you submit for membership. So that's why. On how and how you know that you're at the right place because either Rob or Terry, that's uh, we are the uh, I hate the word gatekeeper. Oh, I hate that, but we are the gatekeepers. Um, so so visit us, drop by. We have art contests, we have all manner of sharing uh, different collectibles and, and and comic books and stories that I've done, and also characters that I've done. Uh, we, we talk about all the different stuff and since I've covered so much of it. I mean, here today, we 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 revisited that I, I drew a Superman. An Aquaman story. So, so I mean, everything, everything's on the table. Come visit us, Rob Liefeld and Extreme Group. Well, I have shown you that I am on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot and and Facebook, and I hope to see you guys over there. So many of you drop in and you've you've cross pollinated. You said, "Hey, I heard about the podcast from uh, Instagram. I heard about the whatnot from the podcast." So I, I love it. Um, hopefully, we can all keep finding each, each uh, finding each other and hanging out. Now, here's the deal. Normally, I talk to you and I tell you uh, that I am always rooting for you and i am looking out for you and i want you to take care and and give deep consideration to your mental emotional physical and spiritual well-being and and now more than ever that we that we're heading into the holidays i have loved ones i have friends and family who struggle during this time and i know that it, it's a it's a weird period like i said uh just a second ago it's a wind down before the startup and sometimes that wind down can bring a lot of emotions hey talk to your friends um don't be quiet uh, don't, 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 don't keep it bottled up inside. Uh, people want to hear from you. They want to talk to you, especially when you cry out for help. People want to help each other. We're, we're, uh, uh, a race, a species that, that wants to at our, at our, you know, most basic self help, help our fellow man, woman, um, be compassionate. And I always tell you, take a break, take a break, uh, watch something cool streaming. Watch a watch a movie. Put a put a you know my my son came home from the holidays. He had never seen 
any of the John Wick movies. And he and I just took some time each day and watched John Wick. And as I drove him to the airport uh, the other day for him to fly home, he said, Dad, honestly, my highlight, those John Wick movies were awesome. And I was like, Luke, I'm so happy. I'm so happy we experienced that. So, uh, and, and that was just a great time. And, and now we carry that. We, we share it. And he couldn't believe the action, the, the uh, you know, all the different stunts, the, 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 the bullets, the guns. He was, he was really digging it. And it was just, I tried to get him in years past, but he's like, I don't have any time. I don't have any time. But my son was a great achieving student. So I didn't want to get in the way of him achieving. But now that he has some free time, that he's in the business sector and he comes home, that's what I'm talking about. And you know what? We went out, we got pizza. We went to a new cookie place called Milk and Cookies. And we got different variations of cookies. There's crumble. There's all these different places. Guys, go out, do something that is what what we call now in the 21st century, cheating, a cheat day, a cheat meal, whatever. Just, uh, you know, wash that pizza down with a great comic book or a great graphic novel. Or again, a great movie. When I was talking about John Wick, I just put all my, my 4Ks in. I have them. I have them in DVDs. Not, I have my physical media. So you guys just remember to unplug, enjoy each other, enjoy your friends, get together, have great meals, share a great time. Um, don't be a stranger. And please swing back by. I'll be right here. We have a few episodes left before we call it up. I'll be here. And I can't wait to talk to you again real soon.